Blog Talk Radio. Another edition of the Total Sports Live podcast here on Blog Talk Radio. Like I say before, any and every podcast that we do, you can check it out on multiple platforms. First and foremost, you can check it out here on Blog Talk Radio. All you got to do is go to blogtalkradio.com backslash, don't forget the backslash, backslash Total Sports Live. If you missed this podcast or any other podcast that we've done in the past or even in recent months, you can check it out there. Also, you can check it out on your smartphone if you want to do it that way as well. On your smartphone, all you got to do is just go to your app store. So if you got an Apple, the Apple, uh, I mean iPhone, I keep on saying Apple phones, iPhone, Android, Windows phone, all you got to do is go to your respective app store, search TuneIn Radio, download the TuneIn Radio app, and then from there on the TuneIn Radio app, search TFL, the Total Sports Live podcast. We really appreciate everybody that follows us on there and listen to and listen to us. And finally, always, like I say always, we're also on iTunes. That's what we're on iTunes. We're on iTunes. So with iTunes, all you got to do, if you got an iPhone or an iPad or an iPod Touch, just go to the podcast section. Just go to the podcast on, on your phone or, or iPad within the app. Search TSL Total Sports Live. You'll see Total Sports Live TSL Podcast. You'll see it. All you got to do is subscribe. Once you hit subscribe, you'll have all our episodes going all the way back. I want to say to like 2013 maybe. It's a long list of podcasts. So you'll have all those at your fingertips. You can also download them as well if you want to. And make sure to leave us a review. We really appreciate everybody that leaves us a review. That are trying to make this podcast better better, excuse me, for your listening pleasure. But we got a great show for everyone this time around as we are talking AFL. Yes, folks, arena football is back. The season kicks off Friday night, doubleheader. We have uh, – no, not doubleheader on Friday night. I think it's – it might be a doubleheader. We're going to have to ask our guests who's going to be joining us. I don't think it's a doubleheader, but it might be. I could be just totally wrong. But week one, we have the the, the DMV rivalry kicking off the season with the Baltimore Brigade taking on the Washington Baylor. Two new expansion teams, both both uh, Ted Leonis' uh, children going at it in the first in the first game to kick off the 30th season of arena football action, which is pretty cool and pretty dope to see. And then after that, we also have in week one, Tampa Bay versus the Cleveland Gladiators. So that should be a good one. Obviously, since there's only five teams here, the Soul are on the bye week. But, hey, they have to defend the champions. You can, you can take week one off and come back in week two. But we're, we're going to talk about the week one matchup, but also we're going to talk about just the season overall, what we expect, five storylines to watch for in this game, I mean, in this season for each team. We're going to look at, obviously, like I said, previewing week one. Um, 
um, what else, the top players at each position in AFL, because even though there's only five teams, there's a lot of top quality at a lot of positions this year, and a lot of teams are just strictly loaded and jacked, and it's and it's going to be an exciting football season, I, and, I, and I can speak for everyone that watched the AFL when I say that. Uh, we're also going to look at an X factor for each team, one player or one player that has to that if this one player steps up, this team will be successful going along in uh, for the rest of the season. It could make a run. Who will win arena? Who will win this year's arena bowl? And finally, AFL to NFL. We haven't seen the hashtag. It's a very great hashtag. A hashtag AFL to NFL. Talk about the players from the AFL who have made the jump to the NFL. But before we talk about all that jazz and more, you already know who I got to bring along with me when we talk AFL. I know we didn't have our intro for the AFL like we always do. I gotta go in the uh, I gotta go in the crate to find our a- our AFL intro. But you know who's joining me, my guy, my co-host when we talk AFL football, arena football, excuse me, the one and only Harrison Brown of Sunday Night Sports and Arena Fan Total Sports Live. We'll just mix a whole bunch of other names and just throw them all up on there for them. But Harrison. Welcome back. I don't even want to say welcome back. We just recently talk, we just recently did a podcast a couple of months ago, but hey, the season's finally here, so I can't complain. Yeah, we got one in the off season, which uh, you know it was a crazy off season, a lot of moving around. You know, obviously teams jumping here and there. Um, yeah, it's good to be back. You know, it's always fun when the NFL comes back around, but you know, like you said, we've got five teams this year, and uh, each one honestly is an interesting roster. You know, it's not exactly what you would have expected coming into this season. I think that's the biggest thing that I took from last season. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to give away too many of my spoilers for storylines, and we're obviously going to, you know, go in-depth about each team tonight because, you know, only five teams, we're going to really focus on the teams. You know, in years past, we've got 12 teams, and you know, you've got to kind of keep them moving. But five teams, we can dissect every, you know, little inch of each team, but – you know, there were definitely some surprising moves in the offseason, things that I didn't really see coming. You know, that's mm-hmm. not even from a league standpoint, just from a roster standpoint. You know, player moves going where. So it was an interesting right. offseason, and uh, I can't wait to get into it tonight. Yeah, like you said, it definitely was an interesting offseason, like I said. But like I said at the beginning of this show, um, it, every team is loaded, so I think who said it, Coffee said it, I think he said it a couple of weeks on Twitter, that there were going to be a lot of surprise cuts this year in this offseason, you know, headed into, headed into the regular season because they're just, you know, there's just so many, you know, there's just so many, you know, good good players on you know, everybody's team uh, this season coming around. But, you know, let's get underway. Uh, talking about the AFL, and let's look at five storylines for each team. Because, like I said, Harrison, even though we only have a five-team league, it's going to be a very exciting football. I mean, people might criticize the league for only having, you know, a small amount of number of teams, but you can't look down upon that because we've seen a league, and I know you can't compare the AFL to the CFL, but the CFL doesn't have a lot of teams either, and they have been able to put a, 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 a consistent, productive product on the field for many, 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 many years. And it's just a big game up there. CFL is huge up in Canada. So with that being said, Harrison, let's look at five storylines for each team. And I guess I guess we should start off with our hometown team, the Philadelphia Soul. What is the storyline heading into this season for you? You know, honestly – it's surprising to 
you wouldn't think it, but I think this is the toughest team to pick a storyline for. And that's coming from, you know, a guy who covers the soul pretty extensively here, but mm-hmm. really, it's a similar team. I mean, the defense, he <laughs> returned everyone except Tracy Bellis. Now, Tracy Bellis obviously was yep. wiped out last year, but the amount of guys who can step in and fill in for Tracy is ridiculous, you know. You've got Larico Stevenson expected to fill in for him, a guy who's been with the soul for, you know. It's not like that big trouble. And, you know, there's two rookies right now battling it out. There's Antonio Brown from Virginia University of Lynchburg, and then another DP, um, I believe his name is Dustin Siley. Uh The last name was probably wrong, right there, to be honest with you. There's, you know, it's been a, a busy few weeks. But he, uh, he was with the Bears in camp, so. You know, mm-hmm. the DB position, I guess, would have to be the one that uh, that I guess you look at. Roman has emerged as, you know, one of the top middle guys in the league. Dwayne Hollis emerged last year as one of the best uh, wall-side corners. So, you brought Bill Goosby back at Jack Linebacker. The Definitely. D-line is all back. Mets, we'll get into a little bit later. We had uh, the workout today with the Bills. Uh, you got Mets at the end, Teddy at the end. Justin Lawrence at uh, those and Bo Bell at Mac linebacker. I don't expect any surprises there. Um, you know, I expect that's a team. Bell Fuller, Goosby obviously is locked in. Romaine Hollis locked in, so the defense is all the same. The receiving core, same three. Uh, Ryan, Darius, SK. Quarterback is the same. The offensive line is a little different, but really, I think they're the toughest one to pick, so I guess I'll go with uh, the defensive backfield to be my biggest uh, storyline for them because when the soul has success, usually you see Romain, you know, Hollis, last year Belton, in the past, Kaiser. They're always up there. Mm-hmm. Last year the soul had the top two uh, defensive backs really in the league with Hollis having eight picks, Belton having nine. That's one and two. You know what I mean? So right. when those guys are doing good, it gets the ball back into Dan's hands. Uh, really – Man, you could go out there and take step for the soul on the offensive line, and Dan will be just fine. That ball comes out so quick and three steps, and they're so smart with it. So um, I'm happy to go with the soul. Defensive backs, and I don't expect it to be a problem. I expect it to be the key to them winning. I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. I, I, my my storyline is pretty much similar to yours because, like you said, this team, you know, they bring back everybody. There wasn't a lot of change. There was not even a lot of, you know, there wasn't even a lot of, you know, bringing in free agents. Pretty much the same group of guys ready to load up to make another championship run again. And my storyline was pretty much can the soul – can the soul repeat as arena ball chance? Because now the target is on their back. There is no Arizona. There is no Jacksonville. They are the team, the gold standard that everybody's chasing now in the AFL. No one else. They 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 are the they are the hunted now. How do they take one bet and being the hunted is gonna to be tough because you're gonna be seeing a lot of teams multiple times this year. So that's going to come down to game planning. How do you switch things up? Because I'm going to say this. Each team that they face for the first time, they're going to get that team's best shot without question. Best shot because everybody knows if we want to go to the Arena Bowl or make it to that point, it's going through Philadelphia. You know, I'll add in this. 
I think it's going to be really interesting, like you said, to see how they react to it. Because I feel like over the past few years, obviously Arizona had a ridiculous run. You know, three Arena Bowl wins mm-hmm. in a row, four appearances, conference championship game that still gets arcing to this day, whether, you know, big play Reggie Gray was in or not. So, or not big play. Yeah, yeah, big play Reggie Gray. Um, if he was in or not for uh, San Jose, but, you know, Orlando, Jacksonville, Arizona, you know, those were perennially good teams. And yes. sometimes they kind of took the heat off the soul, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. The soul kind of stuck under the radar. They had to be sitting at 8-1, third in people's power rankings. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, you know, the soul of the best team in the AFL, the soul of the best team in the AFL. It obviously started to turn that way when, you know, Dan started putting up ridiculous stats. You know, when Dan was averaging like eight touchdowns a game at one point, you know, they started to pick mm-hmm. up some momentum. But it just kind of felt like for me, and even dating back to 2015, you know, you had San Jose with that ridiculous season. You had all these teams, and it just felt like the soul kind of slid under the radar. Yes. There is no under the radar this year. Five mm-hmm. teams, defending Arena Bowl champions, basically the same roster. You can't hide this year. You know what I mean? It's. And the, the eyes are on them. Cleveland obviously has a great roster, and I'm excited to talk about that. That's one team I'm really excited to talk about today. But other than that, I mean, Baltimore and Washington are brand-new rosters. Tampa had a almost complete overhaul. Cleveland really did, too. Cleveland doesn't have that many familiar pieces. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Souls do as, you know, top dogs this year. Yeah, you're definitely right about that, and I'm – uh. And I'm glad, and I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad that you brought, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. You mentioned Cleveland, and let's talk about the Gladiators. They were the next up on my list. I'm going to lead off because, like you said, the Gladiators they had a complete overhaul themselves at the quarterback position. They really upgraded on defense with Cam Richardson, um, uh, Rayshon Kaiser, Derek Summers, Willie McGinnis. I mean, they really loaded up on defense, and they got a new head coach. So, things they are looking to turn the program around in Cleveland. And my question, my, my, my question for them, my storyline for them this season is, will Cleveland's defense carry them this season? Because I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they're going to do at quarterback. I'm not really comfortable with the notion of either Tanner, uh, Tanner Marsh or who was the other quarterback. We were just talking about Shane Boyd. Who was it? Yeah, Shane, Shane Boyd. I'm really not comfortable. I'm not comfortable with those two guys at quarterback. I would preferably wish that Arvell Nelson had a better training camp and had made it through camp because I really like the progression that he was making as a quarterback last season. I, I just really loved his game last season. And to see him not make a training camp really, I think, hurts Cleveland's chances. But, hey, I'm not the head coach. So my thing is, can, can Cleveland's defense carry? Can, 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 can they carry him? Because I think that's what's going to have to happen. Yeah. Uh, looking at Cleveland's defense, um, I'll break that down a little bit. Cleveland had a good enough defense this year that Arvell Nelson, or not Arvell Nelson, yeah, Arvell Nelson, but Alvin Ray Jackson got cut in the mm-hmm. first round of right. cuts. Alvin Ray Jackson is no scrub. Alvin Ray no, Jackson is a legit Jack linebacker at this point. He is a great Jack linebacker. They're going with uh, Terrence Moore at the Jack linebacker position, but you look at Cleveland's defense. There is no holes. 
you got Derek Summers on the outside, one of my favorite defensive linemen to watch in the entire league. He, he is another guy. Kind of slides under the radar sometimes. He's a baller, man. He was he was a part of that great Spokane defensive line that had James mm-hmm. Ruffin, Terrence Taylor, and then Derek Summers. I don't know how that didn't get talked about more. You know, looking back a few years ago, that defensive line went almost unnoticed. I feel like James Ruffin took up a lot of the spotlight, but whew, those three, man, that was that's a lethal combination. But for me, it's it's all about their offense this year, man. They've got good receivers. Colin Taylor, Brandon Tompkins, and Larry Brackens, that's prime opposition three. That's good. I mean, Larry Brackens is old, but that dude can still ball. Like until until he's, he's still a red, he's still a red zone threat. Still a red exactly, zone threat. Exactly. It'll be interesting to see how he does if he is a three down guy this year. I mean, usually he's, you know, five yard line in all right, book you go in, but It'll be interesting to see how he does, but uh, like you said, I'm very uncomfortable with their quarterback position. I don't – I haven't seen much of Tanner Marks. I've watched CFL highlights. I mean, he looked okay. Nothing, you know, nothing stood out with Tanner Marks. Same boy, I mean, maybe it was because of the lack of talent he had at San Antonio, but he did not look good at all. No. But – he didn't. The thing with Boyd, the thing with Boyd that intrigues me, he did play with Cy Burley last year in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So that part of it makes it a, it makes a little more sense. You know, at least he's familiar with the offense, and he's going to have talent. But the other thing for me with Cleveland is, I, I just don't know. I've never been really impressed by their offensive line since that right. you know 2014 team with you know C.J. Cobb, Kid O'Brien, Schofield, Coffee. You know, that was a lights out. Or Santa Breen, like, that's a lights out line. Mm-hmm. As they moved on from it, it's been okay. You know, Philip Keith Manley is a guy that a lot of people like. DJ Brando went all arena last year, but I literally have no clue what's going on with him. He's been trying. They've tried to trade him to Tampa and D.C. now. Both times he got voided the trade. So, <laughs> I, I can't even tell you what is going on with him, but he had a good year last year. And I like Joe Madison in the middle. He's obviously a lockdown guy. But it just it just doesn't feel like the same line. And mm-hmm. DJ Cobb get cut this year was very surprising for me. I thought he was going to make it. But he got cut in the first round of cut. So that first round of yep. cut was Arvell Nelson, who supposedly had a really bad camp. I heard he mm-hmm. came in and did not have a good camp. It's a new offense, obviously, but. That's disheartening when a guy who, you know, a lot of people were tabbing as the second-best quarterback in the league this year gets cut in mm-hmm. the camp. That's, that's never good. That's never good. But it'll be interesting, another thing, and this is completely speculation, no real, you know, fact here. I wouldn't be surprised to see Stan Austin strapping up the Gladiators at some point. You know, he had a great year mm-hmm. in the CASL. Uh, he's planning on going back from everything I've heard. And he's not currently with the team in the AFL, but I think if Cleveland loses a game or two and the quarterback play is just atrocious, we're right. all shame. But that's not to say it will be. You know, uh, we don't know how Tanner Marks is going to translate to the AFL. We, you know, we can look exactly. at CFL film all we want, but CFL and AFL are extremely different. You know, you see the motions, yeah. the field. CFL field is about two times the size of the AFL field. So it really is different. So my uh, my big storyline for them is quarterback, but you know uh, 
thing that really impressed me is that defense. So those are my two storylines. Yeah, no, you're right about that, and I'm glad you brought that up. Like you said, it's two different it's two different styles of play. You know, you you know, CFL is a more wider field, and you have to depend on more of the vertical passing game in that field, in that game. So maybe Tanner Marsh, maybe he's better suited for the AFL and the more in the smaller field and the shorter passes and things of that nature. But we'll see. But like you said, if things start to go downhill very quickly, I got to think, if you're Cleveland, you got to get on the phone and dial 1-800-I-need-chain-offices online one because – you can't. You keep. This is not. This is not the season where you can mess around and 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 and, and have a and have a and have a couple games slide because I think it's how the playoffs will go. And this is just my. This is just me visualizing how the playoffs could possibly fall. I'm thinking that the number one seed is going to have a bye week. I'm assuming. Or are it'll we be four teams. Four. Four teams. It'll be four. So. There's only four, right? If you're Cleveland, you cannot afford to go in the hole quick because you go in the hole quick, you might not get out. You might be just staying in five for all we know. So with that being said, if you need to call Shane Austin, I'm pretty sure Shane will come back. But remember, like me and you said, Harrison, Shane Austin can ball out. But like me and you said, his only problem is turnovers. Yeah. He uh he's turnover prone, you know. He threw four or five picks in that twenty fourteen uh first round of the playoff game against the Soul where they won on the uh the buzzer beater again. But it uh it'll be interesting. You know, I, I don't I think he had a really good time in the CFL, which a lot of guys did. You know, at uh mm-hmm. at first it was the fact that SK wasn't gonna come back for Seoul. You know, we thought that he was gonna play in the CAFL and that's it. You know, and honestly, it's closer to home for him. He lives in Hawaii, so it makes sense, but he did decide to come back. But I think really, first of all, there has been no report of who's even starting on Saturday night with the Gladiators, whether it's yeah. Lloyd or Marsh. <laughs> There's no report, you know, no uh, no real news there. So, you we can talk all one about how we think Tanner Marsh is going to trade into the AFL, but... You know, it don't matter how he translates if he's sitting on the sideline with a headset on. It's Shane Boyd back there taking the first nap. So, right. You know, that's uh, that's a little disheartening. But, you know, I, I've never, you know, been the biggest, you know, Shane, Shane Boyd is a uh, – I never thought he'd be a top-five quarterback in the AFL. But, you know, this year he's on the roster. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe he's got a really good grip on the side of the offense, and uh, that helps him and push Arnabell out. So I don't know. It uh, it's disheartening when you've got a rookie quarterback who's never played in the AFL and a perennial backup quarterback who, when he was in, didn't really perform well with San Antonio. So it uh, quarterback position is shaky. Yeah, but without a doubt, quarterback position is very shady. So we'll see how that plays out. Because like you said, it could be Shane, it could be Tanner, but we won't find out until Saturday night when they kick off at the queue. Next up on the list is Tampa Bay. My storyline for Tampa Bay is pretty much Harrison Kim Ron James turned Tampa Bay around. Like you said, it was a turn it was a it was a very uh it was a it was a complete overhaul in Tampa. They got rid of Lawrence Samuels and we know why just he just wasn't producing. 
they got rid of him. They made a change at the quarterback quarterback position. Randy Hippert is now the quarterback down in Tampa. They got Joe Hills down there in Tampa. So with Kendrick King, so they got a really loaded wide receiving court. And with T.T. Tolliver, if I'm not mistaken, T.T. is still there. T.T. went to D.C. Oh, T.T. went to D.C. See, God damn it. Yeah. Uh, I wish I wish they didn't do that. Man, that would have been loaded. But uh, <laughs> you got Kendrick, you got uh, Joe Hills, Randy Hippert, uh, defense, what Cleveland, with Cleveland cutting Alvin Ray Jackson, he goes to Tampa. So things are not looking bad for us, Tampa. And they got a good coach at Ryan James who was known to do pretty well with turnaround jobs to see what he did with the Pittsburgh Power in that team. Obviously, he couldn't do this complete turnaround like he did with Portland, but, hey, Portland was a whole different – that's a whole different story, a whole different podcast for a whole other day when we talk about the doldrums of the AFL and teams that didn't work. But what are you, what is your storyline for uh, the Tampa Bay Storm? It's the same every year. When we start this podcast, 2014, I think it's been the same exact storyline every single season. <laughs> it's offense a lot, man. Uh, yeah. Ray McNeil is a good yeah. pickup. You know, I, I like him at center. He's he's pretty solid. He doesn't do everything, you know, as great form-wise as you would like, AFL or offensive line-wise. But, you know, he gets the job done. That's really – that's always my way thing. You know, it's just – he goes out there and he doesn't allow many sacks. Oh, he might have lost the pressure, but uh, that helps. Uh, so Hill is an absolute beast. Literally. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll talk about Joe Hill later. We'll talk about Joe Hill when we get to the previews. But overall, the offensive line, it, it doesn't look like they improved it. And that's been their biggest weakness over the last Indeed. four years, five years. Yeah, because they had because they had the talent on offense. They had the talent at the field position. You know, Tampa brought in Randy Hibbert, Joe Hills, Randy you know, those two, and they brought in a bunch of other talent in this league: Julius Gregory, Kendrick Eggs, and just mm-hmm. every year the, the rotating door that the offensive line has been. It's been bad, and it looks like they're going to start two rookies on the outside by a rookie fullback. Uh, you've got a veteran, Atlantic Neal, who I like up the middle, but, you know, it's, it's all going to come down to how well that offensive line plays because as good as Hipper is, as good as Hills is, as good as Ames is, as good as Ron James is, if Hipper's laying on the ground all game, it's not really going to matter. So, obviously, the defense-wise, they improved a lot. Uh, their pass rush was pretty good. Tito Racing has been in and out of the league since really like 2012. Just NFL, CFL, mm-hmm. you know, all again a look. But I think this year he might finally be here full time. You know, he's he's in his thirties now. He's he's a beast, man. When he plays and he stays in the league for a while, he can just dominate. So for oh, him yeah. to be joining no, no. Tampa, that's big. Dexter Jackson is a guy I really like in back linebacker. Um, Me too. He's a he's a he's a he's a predominant force. You know, he he can he can really change the game in the middle. So those two coming in helps. Alvaro Jackson, like I talked about with Cleveland, uh, Alvaro Jackson is a beast too. He's a great jack linebacker. Um, the secondary, you know, we'll see. Uh, I believe James Harrell is back. That helps. He's a pretty good DB. You know, he's been pretty solid for the past few years. So it, uh, it'll be interesting to see really how Tampa does. To be honest with you, uh, I don't know. You know, it really depends on how that offensive line comes out and plays for me. 
So I won't say there are one on top teams right now. You know, I think the two teams we've already previewed have got a clear advantage on them. And then, you know, expansion teams, it'll be, you know, kind of a, you know, each game is going to be different this year. There's really going to be no locks this year, in my opinion, on every game because no. you're going to see teams so many times. There's so much talent on this roster. But honestly, I like what Tampa did. I think it's a great voting block. But I just don't know if it's this year that it's successful. You know, there's so much talent in the league, and they've got a lot of positions that are eh, iffy. You know what I mean? I like the receiving core a lot, mm-hmm. but. That offensive line just—it doesn't—it hasn't sold anything for me yet. No, without a doubt, and like you said, they did a good job with—they did a good job of getting a guy like uh, uh, Ray McNeil. But what do you do around it? Do you keep on building, or do you try to, or do you just stop? And that's an issue that Tampa's going to have to incur. They have a lot of young guys, like you mentioned, on their offensive line, so it's going to be trial by fire, which is a good and a bad thing because they'll learn. But, again, do you want Randy Hipper to play like Randy Hipper like he did in Orlando, or do you want Randy Hipper to look like Jacob Colton last year where he's laying on his back, you know? Well, Randy Hipper, Randy Hipper's coming off an injury, so that's pretty Oh, good. yeah. So if this offensive line doesn't play good, Randy Hipper's coming off an injury. They're um, back a quarterback, true and a rookie. So yep. not exactly a perfect situation there. Um, Not at all. So it'll be interesting, you know. They, uh, I was surprised honestly that they didn't try trading for more Ruffins. He's currently with Jacksonville. Uh, he's on right. Washington's roster from the dispersal draft, but that would kind of be a seamless trade. You know, he was in Florida. He's playing in Florida right now in the NAL. I would think you know you throw Washington some future considerations, which winds up being like nothing. I would do it. You know, there's always more to that. You know, I'm sure uh, Jackson was probably treating him pretty good. And there was reported interest in uh, Derek Ross down in Tampa, but it appears he's going to stay in the NAL, which is just a disservice to this league. Man, I, I wish Ross was playing in the NFL this year, but, you know, hey, if he's got a good thing out in Jacksonville, if he's got a good thing set up, good for him. You know, that's, that's all you right. really ask for. In indoor or in a football, you know, you got a good situation, a uh, uh, ownership group that respects you. Hey, mm-hmm. gotta take it. Yeah, you know, you're right. You got to that the opportunity to present to you when things are going well. Then hey, like I said, you got to take it. Even though I, you know, and I, and I don't want to go on a whole diatribe about Jack or any else. I could do that Man, for about a whole thirty minutes. Podcast. That's a different podcast. Yeah, it's a different one because I can go <laughs> off and say how. Say I was unfair that they're playing in that league with off with with with, with all stars, AFL all stars, and the quarterback hey, Tommy Lee, Green Lee, just torched the other day. Hey, because because Lehigh's pretty that that's a good team. That's a team. What if you want if you want me? Lehigh is a team that I would that I would if it ever came down to this, I would love to see him in the AFL. I would love it. Oh, uh, I would love it. You know what I mean? Lehigh, yeah, no. they got passionate fans, but I just don't. I think they're, you know, good. I think they need a good league. I mean, I hope it's the NAL. IFL. But I think they need, if the IFL starts expanding east, I'd love to see Lehigh in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I would like it, too. When we're talking about other teams, and we mentioned it earlier, the expansion squads, and let's start off with Washington. 
in my storyline for watching this, pretty much will the Baylor be an NFL? Will the Baylor, excuse me, be an AFB and AFL success or AFL disappointment? And we've seen Harrison as many as many years he's been doing this podcast. We have went through the LA Kiss saga. We went to the New Orleans Blues saga. We went through the Las Vegas Outlaws saga, and we just finished going through the Portland Steel and the uh, and the Portland Thunder saga. So you're the AFL. You need Washington to pay off, and you need Baltimore to pay off. And Washington, they have a very good stable uh, front office and ownership with Ted Leonis, who he has a lot of stake down there in D.C. with a lot of teams, Capitals, and with their seat, Washington Mystics. You know, he wouldn't invest in this team in this league if you know he wasn't going to put a, put a good product out there. He, it's been a year since, you know, I think they announced it last year and, like, last winter they announced the Baylor and last they spent a year. Over a year. Yeah. Yeah, it's been over a year, and they've spent, you know, a whole year putting this thing together and, and putting a roster together. And you look at the roster, it's a pretty good roster. I, I don't think there's no wrong fit. I mean, we uh we pull it up right now. Their roster, you have, you know, Tracy Belton, who's going to – he's, he's going to be pretty good for Dean Kokinos. Uh, Gray Carr, Everett Dawkins, Julius Gregory, Roger Jackson, Eric Meyer at quarterback, Bernard Morris at backup, which is not a bad backup to have. T.T. Uh, Tolliver, Mike Washington. That's a pretty good – that's a pretty good team. But I just don't know what you're going to get from your offensive line, what you're going to get from your defensive line. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, that offensive line, if you go through the whole roster, that offensive line could have been great if John Collins reports and if Mo Russell reports. And you've got those two, you know, all over the type guys. You've got David Wang, who they just signed recently, a guy who I really like, played in the CAFL this past season. Uh, yep. Also played in uh, Arizona for a little bit, a guy I really like. And, you know, you can you got Anthony Parker, who's actually been around the league. This guy, this might surprise you. Anthony Parker's been around the league since 2012, if you can believe wow. that. He played in Milwaukee since 2012. You know, that actually caught me by surprise. I thought he came in with the kiss, but he's been around for a while. He did report. So he'll he'll probably be there and hang on the off of the line. And I don't think we'll see Wang tomorrow. I mean, maybe. But I can't really expect to see him. So, storyline for me is can the veteran players still perform? And this is not mm-hmm. even directed at T.T. Tolliver, but I am fully expecting T.T. Tolliver to probably put up at least over a 1,500 I would say like a 1,500-yard season this year. Because yep. he can be 40 all he wants. Dude, he has not showed any signs of slowing down. No. He, he has been absolutely beasting. But I think more so for me, it's directed towards Eric Meyer. Eric Meyer hasn't mm-hmm. played since that 2015 Arena Bowl. Yeah. That's a pretty long break. You know, It's April of 2017. August of 2015. Not, you know, that's not a short break. So, it'll be interesting to see how he translates. He's obviously looking some injuries himself. So, it'll be interesting to see what he does tomorrow night. I can't wait. I'm going to be there. Uh, it's going to be it's gonna be a great game to see. You know, I, I've always enjoyed watching Eric Meyer play. So, it'll be cool to see him out there. Uh, Greg Carr is another good receiver. Mike Washington, T.T. Tolliver. You know, the list goes on and on at uh, the receiver position for them, but you know, for me, it's going to be all about how Eric Meyer performs after this break. 
respect. I like that. I like that. I got to agree with you. And like you said, it's going to be so exciting to see Eric Meyer back on the field because we haven't seen him since that interesting call at the end of the Arizona San Jose game. And who knew that would have been the last? Who knew that would have been the last we saw San Jose as well? Who knew that was going to happen? So that's the last time we saw him on the field. So we'll see if he still got it. Can he bring back the old Eric Meyer magic or will he just be on the last ride sunset of his AFL career? We'll see. And then last but not least, we got to talk about the Baltimore Brigade, which is going to be led by head coach Omar Smith, who was the head coach of the LA Kiss. He is now the head coach down in Baltimore. And this is another one of Pat Leonis's children. You might want to say stepchildren because Baltimore just came up out of the – it kind of came up out of the blue and Ted was like, sure, you know, we'll take, we'll take this under our wing, create our rivalry, and let's see what happens. We'll see what we get from Baltimore. And Baltimore, they're not a, they're not a bad team, uh, Harrison. They got a couple of uh, playmakers. I mean, we think about Baltimore, they have um, Reggie Gray, who was an all-pro, all-of-famer, you might say. Um they also have Varmasoni. We remember when he was playing with Portland, how we were excited to see when he played for Portland. He was an outstanding player when he first came into the league. Outstanding DB. So you got him. Um, it, that's the only two. And in the quarterback position, it's going to be an interesting one because you're either going to go with Chase Cartwright, who has a little bit of AFL experience, or you're going to go with a rookie is Shane Carden, who has spent some time with Chicago Bears in the NFL, and he's a kind of a he's kind of a gunslinger, has a very interesting throwing motion, almost like Phillip Rivers in a way, very quick release out of East Carolina. He's a rookie, so this is going to be interesting too, Harrison, because unlike the Baylor, the Brigade really don't have a lot of big names, and they're going to be they're going to be ushering a new era of football. If I had to compare the two expansion teams. To any of last year's teams is easy. Uh, I compare Washington to Tampa because a lot of the players mm-hmm. from Washington were with Coquinos for the short time he was in Tampa, and I would compare Baltimore to LA because almost this was in LA last year. So, you know, they have a lot of former LA guys. Cody Afusi is a guy on the offensive mm-hmm. line who I'm kind yep. of excited to see. You know what he does this year, not being in LA. Because I will tell you this much, I think L.A., over the course of my time in the AFL, had just the worst offensive lines, you know, just rotation-wise. I think Tampa has mm-hmm. been a quarterback since, like, the 90s. But L.A. just could not. I mean, it was like a different group every single week. And part of that is on Bobby Pellis because, you know, it was bad. It was, it was new teams every single week, at least – Coach Smith last year kept some, you know, continuity up front. But right. man, it just got ridiculous. So I'm excited to see what Cody does with, you know, kind of a full year potentially at starter. But my storyline's pretty easy for Baltimore. I mean, it's it's a safe one. It's what everyone's talking about. It's how does Shane Carden play? Because for you know, from everything I've heard, Shane Carden's gonna be their guy. So it comes down to how well he performs. You know, and mm-hmm. his first showing is tomorrow. It's, uh, you know, the Ted Leonis' battle, basically. Uh, <laughs> the Ted Leonis Bowl. It'll be really interesting to see how he does. You know, he's obviously got Reggie Gray, which is a, mm-hmm. a great talent, a receiver. 
Um, I like Rory Nixon a lot at fullback. He's probably – he's top two this year at fullback. I won't give away who I'm picking at one, but he's definitely top two. Uh, he had a pretty good year last year in L.A. He played with Coach Smith before. And, you know, he's he's always been a talented guy. You know, you, you talk to some of the uh, guys from Spokane. I'll tell you, Rory Nixon puts up, you know, he gives them a great look. So some guys think Rory Nixon was the best fullback in the NFL when there was Derrick Ross, Michael Benson, Jay Rich, all still in the league. So it, uh, it'll it be interesting to see how he does. I'm sure he'll have the ball, you know. He'll have the ball in his hands a lot. Uh, rookie quarterback, you want to take any type of or stress you can off him. So, uh, yeah, it's going to come down to St. Carden for me, though. Um, I think they have a decent roster. I think – a lot of young guys, a lot of guys who are kind of getting their first, second AFL. I'll tell you this. I think there is going to be some type of future AFL star on this roster. There's just so many young, talented guys on this roster. It just seems like mm-hmm. someone is going to pan out to be the superstar. So I think Shane Carden is going to be the, the guy to watch this year in Baltimore. Hey, I'm I, I'm, all, I, I'm here for Shane Carden, man. I'm here for Carden hype. And, and, and if the Baltimore Brigade is listening to this in your Twitter account, I want to retweet this podcast. They should really do that. They're like showing like so much love to Shane Carden, and, and if I was, if you could throw in a Shane Carden jersey, that'd be pretty dope too. I'm not asking for too much, just saying. We're getting all, we're, we're giving all the pub right now, getting all the pub right now to the Baltimore Brigade. And since you mentioned it, Harrison, let's talk. Let's look at the top players at each position. I think we pretty much we we in our in our in our storylines we already previewed week one in our storylines. I think we previewed. Week one in our storylines pretty well. We kind of laid it out for both teams. So let's look at the top players in each position. And at quarterback, I got Dan Rodderball. No questions asked. Best quarterback in the league. The dude is just the dude is just amazing. Him and Clint Dozel, they're the they are the Tom Brady and Bill Belichick of the AFL. They just they they just know each other. They they are in sync. They see what each other sees. They get angry at each other, but it's all love at the end of the day. And I, I got Dan. Yeah, it's Dan this year, and it's really not even much of a competition. You know, Eric Myers the guy who I'm excited to see, but a year off of football, and he wasn't even, you know, I don't even think he was over Dan in 2015, so uh, he's not there. Arvon Nelson wasn't competing with Dan, but he's not even on the roster right now. I'm not giving it to Shane Boyd or Tanner Marsh. Uh, St. Carden has to take a step in the AFL. I like Randy right. Hibbert a lot, but, you know, Randy Hibbert's coming Me off too. a big injury. Bernard Morris is a guy I like a lot, but he's not close with Dan, and he's the backup right now. So there's really mm-hmm. no competition for Dan. You know, it's Dan's by a landslide. I think my number two right now is probably – I'll give it to Hibbert. I like Hibbert a lot. Hibbert's an active quarterback. Me too. Hibbert does a good job, and he's really starting to come into his own. And uh, I like Eric Meyer a lot too. Eric Meyer's kind of my three. And then uh, four and five, I like Shane Carden's film a lot, but as we've seen so many times, the AFL is a different type of game. You know, Ryan Parallax was a guy who was supposed to be great in the NFL. Chris Lee, Deron Thomas. The list goes on and on. Former college football stars just don't really pan out the AFL. I do think Carden will be okay in the NFL. Hey, Deron Thomas is pan out in the AFL, in the the IFL right now. So that's not good either. I like him. I don't know him personally, but I like the way he plays. I think he needs to get back outside, though. I, I do not think indoor is helping him at all. I think he no. needs to take a job as a third-string CFL quarterback and work his way on the field. Because I, right. 
I just don't think there's enough room for him in endurance. I don't think he I can agree. do what he does best. And the move to the IFL was a good move for him. I will say that because you look mm-hmm. back in the, you know, early film of his career, his rookie season, they had him in shotgun, and he did all right. You know, I watched him film him earlier this week. But once he got under center, it just looked panicked, rushed. He's well, he's not comfortable under center, really. You know, he's a he's a spread quarterback. He's Chip Kelly's quarterback. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, another one. Different podcast, different day. But I do like <laughs> Shane Carden a lot. Um, but my number one quarterback is easily down on the shift. All right, let's just got that knocked out. Let me give you my next two for fullback and center. Fullback, I got Mikel Benson. We all remember him with the Arizona Rattlers. He was just flat out stud. He was the bowling ball. Everybody talked about Darren Ross, but you could either say that Mikel Benson, if Ross was one A, Benson was one B. That's how good this guy is. I'm excited to see him with the soul because if he's just he he just makes the offense just that much better. Because you can hand him the rock, and he can he can take if he can take it the distance twenty yards out. Like the dude is a is a is a bowling ball running down going down going down the sideline. So I like Mikel Benson as my uh Michael Benson, excuse me, as my fullback and in center. I gotta go Wayne Tribune, best center in the league. We all know it is it's without question. Dude can he can play he can play football, and it's the reason why he's getting NFL looks. So those are my two. Yeah, fullback. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Benson. But like I said just a couple minutes ago, I really like Roy Nixon. So it would not surprise me to see Roy Nixon have a great year this year. I'm high on him, but Benson. It's so tough to pick against soul fullbacks. It's just it's almost impossible. Clinton does mm-hmm. run the ball a hundred times a year. You're gonna put up some <laughs> numbers. You know, I mean Ross. Literally broke every single rushing record with Clint. Tommy Taggart had his best season ever with Clint. Jeremy Richardson went from more of a defensive player and a goal line fullback to a full time all the way fullback. So, yep. who who in the right mind says Michael Benson isn't going to have a great year this year? You know, um, they run the ball a lot. They like to involve them in fullback screens, in the pass game, and they're obviously important in the blocking scheme. So. Michael Benson, you know, as every other fullback that's played for the Soul is going to be on, uh, you know, the spotlight this year really in their offense, in their film room. So, Michael Benson is my guy at fullback. And then at center, I mean, it's close. I'm going to lean Joe Madsen, though. Um, I just think the way he's played the game over the past few years and, you know, obviously it was tough in L.A., but, you know, there really wasn't that much pressure coming up the middle when it was um, – uh, did they? No, they never played together. But, you know, there wasn't that much pressure coming together when it was Madsen. And then obviously last year, Rory Nixon was there. But Madsen actually played in Cleveland last year and did another good mm-hmm. job, went all arena. So it'll uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does this year. Uh, Cleveland, like I said, it's a new offense, really. But, you know, right near him is Wayne Tribune, like you said. Uh, I lead Joe Madsen partially because it's not known if Wayne Tribune is going to play in the AFL this year. And if he doesn't, he right. expect the soul to go with David Osai at center. Uh, Rutgers kid, played with Lehigh the past few years. Pretty versatile, can play tight end, probably can go back to fullback. Signed, really signed his offseason, too. Yeah, signed early in the offseason. And then, um, so if Wayne does wind up in Buffalo, I mean, mm-hmm. 
he's not the number one NFL center, so that was the only thing I Joe Madison. But I, I really like the way Joe Madison plays, and uh, it'll be fun to play this year. Most definitely, and because uh, we only got like we only got ten more minutes, and we got to get to the AFL to the, to the we got to get the AFL to NFL coming up. So we're just going to do we're just going to do offense. We're going to stick to offense, and we'll come back with defense for next week. So let's finish up guard slash tight end. Who did you have for guard slash tight end? This uh, I won't talk too long, but this is the most disappointing position in my opinion of this year. There is almost no veteran. There is almost no veteran presence there this year. You know, you look at it from last year. You're all arena guys. Adam Smith not playing. A guy who was right mm-hmm. on the border, Neil Tibbs not playing. Bo Ruffins playing in the NAL. Cornelius Lewis all arena playing in the NAL. You've got DJ Brandle back, but even him, it's you know he's in kind of a limbo right now where it's not really sure where he's going to be playing. Right. There's not much. Back this year, you know, Rich Wrangling hasn't played since San Jose. You know, you've lost guys like that. So I went with Michael Simons um, and DJ Brandle, a close second as long as he plays. Simons, you know, I've heard all good things about him from the Soul Camp, and obviously he's three step. You know, the Soul offensive linemen usually do go all the way You've got Phil Bogle as your GM, and he's a great offensive line coach there. Well, they're a protection based team, so. I'll go Simons as my first guy, DJ Brandle, not too far back. But, you know, this year some new guys are going to have to step up. You know, it's, you know, the the perennial guys are gone now. So mm-hmm. it'll be really interesting to see who, you know, I think that's the most interesting all arena position for this year. Who's going to go uh, all arena at the guard and title spot? Okay. They always say when it comes to sports, it becomes a young man's game. And the AFL becoming a young man's game, like you said, at yeah. guard. And it's, it's a regards to tight end, and I totally forgot to have Michael Simons. Because you remember Simons back when he was the Predator and how good he was. So that's crazy. And we also remember the Soul had John Martinez on the team, who was pretty good in Portland, who they Martinez, cut. <laughs> Martinez was cut. They actually went up yep. him. So, hey, it just shows you how tough the AFL is and how good is it going to be and how good it's going to be yeah. this season. Very but with – but with a couple more minutes left, about 10 more minutes to go here, let's wrap up talking about AFL to NFL. There's been a few players over these last few weeks that start to make made rumble coming from the AFL ranks to now getting their shot in the NFL. Recently, just today, the Philadelphia Soul, they put out a story saying that both defensive end Jake Metz, who is a superstar and a stud in a, in, in a stud, and I wouldn't be surprised if he stays in the NFL. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised because he's just that good. There's a story that the soul put out saying that Jake Metz and Wayne Tribune have both been invited for a trial with the Buffalo Bills. We also have former soul wide receiver Harvey Benford signed with the Arizona Cardinals. And just recently, a couple of weeks ago, Nick Truesdale, Nick Truesdale signed with the Minnesota uh, Vikings. The only problem I had was that all the big football outlets like Pro Football Talk and all these other things were calling him an arena football tight end. No, he's an arena football wide receiver. Principal <laughs> wide receiver, not tight end. That kind of bugged me as for somebody that watched the AFL a lot. So, Harrison, what are your thoughts about hashtag AFL to NFL? And you know that AFL guys are getting their shot more often than not. It's good. You know, this is a perfect time of year for guys to be getting shots. NFL-wise, I mean, NFL-wise, they were hurt. You know, the soul of Mets and Wayne signed. 
but it would just be overall great for those guys. You know, obviously you got to take that opportunity. So, um, you know, just going through briefly, uh, Don Kling, who's now with the Soul who I actually talked to a couple of days ago at a Soul practice. Uh, I expect an article mm-hmm. about that pretty soon before uh, before next week's game for sure. That interview, but he had a workout with Washington. Um, I think yesterday, and they played tomorrow yeah. league exact today. So no real mm-hmm. reports on if he signed or not, but it sounds like he might have. So uh, definitely be on the lookout for that. Wayne Tribune has been on countless NFL rosters. He's been on a bunch, mm-hmm. and he had a great year last year at center for the Soul. So not surprised to see him get a workout. And then I personally thought Mess should have been on practice squad this year. And, you know, yeah. he, he had three days of Eagles practice and then a game, and he looked pretty darn good out there. So. You know, even if it's not the Eagles, I figured he would get a shot on someone's practice squad, but I'm not surprised to see him keep getting workouts. He's young. He's big. He's got an NFL size. He's good. He can play in the 3 4 as a down lineman. I really wouldn't put him as an outside linebacker in the 3 4, but he can also probably play outside the 4 3. So he's got some versatility. So, you know, I expect Mets to be back in the NFL, and I expect him maybe to stick on somewhere. That's a guy I definitely think he'd stick on. Uh, quickly going through, though, Nick Trubisdale was a, you know, he dominated the NFL uh, Pro Day or Pro Combine, Veterans Combine, whatever they want to call it. Yeah, Veterans Combine. Combine. He dominated the Veterans Combine. He had nine offers coming out of it. He chose, he, uh, chose Minnesota. Um, it's interesting. You know, they've obviously got Kyle Rudolph as that number one. But, hey, maybe he can crack on as a, a wide receiver, tight end, kind of hybrid type guy. Um, it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see how he does there, but I think he's another guy who can definitely crack on to an NFL roster. And Harvey Binford, you know, speed kills. That's that's the biggest thing with Harvey. You know, he yeah he was never the best AFL receiver by any means. You know, he was he was down there. He actually got cut by the Soul before he got picked up by the Packers. But when you run a four two two, you're gonna get looks, man. It's it's common yeah. sense. So. I've always liked Harvey. You know, I like his game. I like the way he plays. He's fast. You know, he just he's lightning quick. That's his game. So they uh they've got a pretty stacked receiving core out there in Arizona. You know, obviously one of my favorite guys, Larry Fitzgerald. He's just so reliable. And then you got John Brown. You know, JJ uh, Nelson's still there. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how he does. But he's gonna have an opportunity in camp. You know, he's got to show speed kills. So. He's actually the, uh, the second now guy from the Soul to get signed by Arizona. Christian Johnson, offensive guard, got signed there a few years back. So, oh, yeah, I remember that. Went a bit. So, yeah. Well, it's great to see, like you said, great to see these players get a shot from the AFL. The NFL, is, you know, it's, it's good to see them kind of, how can we say, graduate or get promoted to the next level because the AFL is not the – stopping point for a lot of these players, like a guy like a Jake Metz or a Wayne Tribune or Harvey Benford, who are still young guys. This is a launching pad for them into the NFL because it gives them it gives them the chance to show their talent. And for a lot of people that say, well, AFL, it's not good football, it's not this, it's not that, it's pretty good football. It's talent. It's pro players. These are pro players. Regardless if they're playing on a fifty on a fifty yard field, they're still pro players, still pro athletes, and they play competitive football. So you can't you can't knock it, and obviously NFL teams aren't knocking it because these guys are showing up and they're playing 
and they're playing well and they're showing that they got the talent to play in the, play in the NFL. So I'm excited to see because I'm pretty sure we're going to hear about some more uh, NFL, AFL to NFL guys very shortly. I'm pretty sure we'll hear some more during the season. And did the Soul make their final roster yet, or is that going to wait until next week? I uh, have not. It has not on the transaction yet. So as of the past hour, it's not on the transactions. Hmm. We'll be we'll be interested. We'll be we'll be very keen to see what happens with that because there are a couple position battles at wide receiver who will make it. Will it be Von Pearson or Poppy Livers? Livers, excuse me, and who will win the DV battle between Antonio Brown and uh, the other DB who you mentioned earlier? So got a couple of got a couple of uh, position battles going on. So hey, we'll see what happens, but. That's going to wrap it up here on the podcast. Thanks again for everybody that will be tuning in to this very show. Like I said earlier, you can check in the radio, blogtalkradio.com, back at Salesforce Live, and, uh, uh, and on iTunes. You can check it out on iTunes. And before we go, make sure you check out com for all your AFL coverage, Philadelphia Soul, and league-wide coverage. We're going to try to do it all this year, doing it big. Harrison had, Harrison had to give me a pep talk and said, you know what, we got to do it. We gotta we gotta make TSL a player in the AFL market as a media. <laughs> and I said, you know what? And I said, you know what? You're right. You're right. There ain't that many out there, so we gotta do it. So make sure you keep on checking out TotalSportsLive.com. Like the Facebook page. Follow TotalSportsLive on Twitter at Total at TotalSportsLive. Uh, follow Harrison on Twitter at Eston SD Sports. He also writes for ArenaFan.com, and he will be at the Baltimore Brigade Washington Baylor game, which I'm so jealous about that he's going to be there. But make sure you follow him on Twitter, because I'm pretty sure he'll have all the tweets and all that stuff like that. Also, shout out to the AFL for their digital services website. Pretty cool website. Very well done. And the new website's pretty dope, too. So thanks. Make sure you follow him there, and follow me on Twitter, too, at JoeVon10. But for me and Harrison, everyone, have a great one, and we'll talk to you guys soon. And also, oh, I forgot, Harrison, we got, we got to do our week one pick. Who do you got? Washington and Cleveland, real quick. Washington, Washington and Cleveland? Yeah, Washington and Cleveland. I'll, I'll give it to Cleveland. <laughs> and I'm going to go Washington. That sample was a toss-up, though. I'm going to go Washington, Cleveland, just because I like Cleveland's defense a lot, a lot, a lot. But yeah. that's going to wrap it up for me and Harrison. Everyone have a great one, and we'll talk to you guys next week as we preview the Soul and their matchup, and we just look at what else is going on in the league because there's going to be a lot happening with the league as the first week gets underway. So enjoy week one, and we'll talk to you all very soon. <laughs>